Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion email edition for January 16th, 2008. I'm your host, Pete Werner, and uh, we have a whole bunch of voicemails and emails to go through today. And I just want to remind everybody that if you want to send us an email, you send it to podcast at wdwinfo.com. If we read it on the air, we'll send you a Diz Unplugged t-shirt, and then at the end of the month, we randomly select from one of the emails that we read or one of the voicemails that we played on the show, and that person gets a shot at our prize envelopes. We have them numbered 1 through 30. There's a different prize in each one, and whatever you pick is what you get. So with that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and get started. Our first email is from Rich, and he has a question about doing Disneyland in a day. Hello, Dis Unplugged crew. This is Rich. I have a question about uh, Disneyland. I am going to be flying out to California for work, flying into San Diego probably on a Saturday. I have Sunday available, and uh, my question is, from San Diego driving up to Disneyland for the day, number one, uh, how hard or how easy is it to get to Disneyland from San Diego? Uh, I know you guys in the past have had your uh, California... Uh, video thing, and so I would assume you know the area and drive pretty well. Number two, um, how much for a half day at Disneyland do you think I could reasonably uh, do rides-wise and attractions-wise? Any help on this would be great. Uh, Thanks for the great podcast every week. Well, uh, Rich, first of all, I can tell you that the, uh, the drive from San Diego uh, up to Anaheim is a very nice one. There are some there are some areas of that drive that are very scenic. It's uh, the Pacific Coast Highway, right? Yeah, huh? yeah. Well, it's uh, the four. The four. The, yeah, you go down Highway Four. Okay, Bob four. is definitely much more knowledgeable mm-hmm. about the roads in California. Mm-hmm. Whenever we're out there, Bob is uh, the navigator. He does all the driving. And a great job. He does a tremendous job. I think you actually have a choice, because didn't we come, come up Pacific can, Coast Highway? You can, yeah, you can't do that. Well, I know we've done that. We've we, done the we scenic We can't go up the uh, Pacific Coast, but if he's going to try for doing Disneyland in a day, he wants to get there fast. We've never actually been to San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> I have. <laughs> okay, but not with me. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase that. I've never been to San Diego. <laughs> You can do either way. We drove but up you, Pacific Coast they, Highway from on the way from one place to another. Don't Huntington you remember Beach. we were like four hours late? Yeah, we had pizza luggage. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was that going out too. Well. That was going from uh, Laguna Beach out to Hollywood, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. And we thought, okay, well, we'll just take the scenic route, not knowing that the scenic route was about four hours longer. And I was ready to kill you guys. I'm sitting there. We're starving. We're, wait, we're, trying, we're trying to wait for these guys to have dinner. We're waiting at the hotel. It's like, come on. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, do you want anyway. to tell? Do you want well, to tell? actually, no. Let's just let, let Bob finish well, answering his uh, anyway it, his question. Coming out of uh, San Diego Airport, if that's what you're doing, or the, the hotel, just get on the four and go no, uh, north. I think. Yes, and, it would be north. Yeah, and uh, you, you're going to get off at either Harbor Boulevard or Disneyland Boulevard. Watch for the. Uh, I think it's Disneyland Boulevard. Watch for the parking garage signs and just park in the Disneyland parking garage and then take the shuttle in. 
So it, it's an easy drive. And then there's the the outlet mall that's... Is it in Carlsbad, I Yeah, think? I think so. It's right on I the same that. exit. Where we stopped? Yeah, I love oh, that. It it's, nice. it's on the same exit that the Legos land is on or right near it or something. Okay. But, uh, that was a great mall that we went to. Oh, I love that. And and the flowers, if you're there at the time of the year when all the flowers are up on the hill, it's just acres and acres and acres of flowers, and they're all different colors, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. So uh, it's now an I, easy drive, especially on Sunday. That's the, the easier day of any of them to, to, to make that drive from San Diego. But now there. once you get to Disneyland, if you're talking about a, a half a day, it really, you didn't mention what time of the year yeah. you were going to be going, and that that's that's going to play a role. It's a weekend, so you're going to be dealing with crowds no matter what, yeah. you, no matter when you're going. All you know? the locals, because that is a that is a park that is driven almost uh, entirely in some cases by locals. So, you know, you're going to have a, a lot. Of, uh, the, the crowds are going to be pretty heavy. Pretty heavy, and then you know, pace yourself, and if, just remember you have to drive back to San Diego again. So, you know, later in the day. Being exhausted at the at the from doing the parks it might be something for you. So, and if you've never been out there before, I mean, what would you what would you say is a don't miss? A don't miss at Disneyland. Disneyland. Yeah, uh, if he only has one or two things to do, uh, I'd do the Indiana Jones uh, attraction. I'd do Haunted Mansion, Pirates, mm-hmm. Pirates, Small World. Yeah, Small World. Well, especially Haunted Mansion, Pirates, and Small World. They're different out there than they are in uh, here in, in Orlando. Same so. thing with Space Mountain and Space Splash Mountain. Are both different experiences. Yeah, I would avoid the Finding Nemo submarine ride because uh, those are very long lines. It's like ninety minutes to two hour wait. So you might want to do the uh, uh, Matterhorn uh, ride. That might be something to do also, and. Uh, that would probably well, so much for narrowing it down to one or two. We gave yeah. them like seven. Well, Do the entire park. But those, those are the ones. Don't miss the haunted mansion and and pirates, especially. So that's that's it. Okay. Well, thank you for the question, Chris. Rich. Rich. Rich I'm sorry. I'm looking at the uh, the name of the next person whose voicemail we're going to play. Chris Brown from Atlanta uh, called to share some of his experiences doing the. Uh, Disney College program back in 1995 and 1996, and we get a lot of questions about college programs, so I wanted to include this because he uh, had a pretty cool job, I thought. So here's Chris. Hey, guys and Julie. This is Chris from Atlanta. I was calling in regarding the Walt Disney World College program. Um, Back when I was actually in the program in 95 and 96, I think it was quite different than what it is today. In 1995, which was my first year, I actually interviewed on the UGA campus, or University of Georgia campus, and it was a great program. I was in a Vista Way, it's my apartment complex. I was in a two-bedroom apartment with four guys, um, and it was $77 a week a person, and that included our uh, rent, um, utilities, local phone service, television. This was before the Internet was real prime, so uh, you know, we really didn't have computer access or anything like that. Um, I was actually a monorail pilot, so the first month or so I was on the platform working only, but then after that I was given the opportunity to train to drive and drive. Um, it was a really cool program. Uh, usually, um, I think it was one day a week, we also had business seminars where we got to learn you know, the Disney way and the, uh, their aspects of 
uh, innovation and actually go behind the scenes and see like the water treatment plants and the power plant and some of the really cool things that I don't think you normally get to see. In 96, I went back for a second year. Um, I was gung-ho, you know, I was all excited about uh, the experience I had in 95. Uh, just to jump back to that, one of my three other roommates, one of the guys I actually worked with later in life for about seven years. So we kept in touch for quite a long time before he moved out of the country. Anyway, jumping forward to 96, it was a little different year. Since it was my second year, it wasn't as special to start with. Um, the Vistaway was full. So they housed this off property off of Metro West Boulevard um, over by Universal Studios. So that took away from some of it. I had my own car, so the transportation issue really wasn't a challenge. I was actually brought down that year to work in the parking lot at MGM, but the monorail group was short-staffed, and when they learned I was back in town, they pulled some strings and got me pulled back over as a pilot. But that was pretty much it. I'm sure now, you know, many years later, the program is completely different. Uh, when I went, like, you only had to go for one quarter, but I'm hearing now you have to go for, like, six months. But uh, I hope that helps any of your listeners out or helps Corey out in his research. Feel free to uh, contact me if you need any other information. Thanks, guys. Hey, Chris, your, um, your experience sounds very similar to mine. You know, I did it in 97. You know, Vista Way was the only place that you can live. Um, I lived with six guys in a three-bedroom. The, uh, also, my interview was, was done on LSU's campus now. A lot of the interviews are done over the phone. Which, so it's kind of weird. You have to sound Disney, mm-hmm. like, like the, Disney, the Disney look when, before you had to look like the Disney look. Which uh, I need to thank uh, William is his name. He, he was accepted into the spring college program uh, this year. He couldn't make it, but he, fa- he, um, he scanned and he emailed all his uh, paperwork to me. So you can, I can see all the differences between then and now. So it's, it was a lot of fun. A lot of things have changed, though. Now, both you and Julie did uh, the college program, no. correct? No, Julie didn't do it? Mm-mm. But you I, worked for Disney, didn't you? I did you? work at Blizzard Beach with him, but okay. I was not a part of the college, college program. Oh, I see. She was a shallow. I really only did the college program in 97, but I came back in 98 to just to work for Disney. Had a job but no place to live for like the first week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, my friend Michael. And those apartments in Metro West, when uh, we first moved down here, when John and I first moved down here, John had gotten a job with Disney. And that I'm pretty sure you were probably in the same apartment complex they put us in while we were looking for a, a house. Yeah, that's their standard corporate housing. And they have they uh, contract out a whole bunch of those for people who are either relocating or the the halfway between college kids. Yeah, it was when the cockroach, when I was l- sitting on the couch watching television and the cockroach ran down my shirt, I said, that's it, we're out of here. <laughs> yeah. cockroach. Um, I think we last, I think we lasted there for about two weeks. See, I can speak that Spanish. That good, Bob. La <laughs> You gotta sing it. Oh. No, thing, please. One, one thing I did like about um, the way they used to do it is that you actually had to attend these Disney business uh, classes. And if, if you missed, I think if you missed two or three, you were terminated. Wow. So these were mandatory. And you had to show up um, to these things dressed up on time. If you were a minute late, they wouldn't let you in the door. And, and at the end of the year, they, they give you a, a certificate. You know, you can get your master's degree or you can get your doctorate. Uh, oh, my doctor, God. Right? Yeah, you can get your doctorate. I think that's what I think. Well, that's, that's the, that's that's the whole I thing about learning, isn't it? <laughs> Here when comes lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was oh, say. oh. Yeah, I have my doctorate. All right, Chris. Well, thank you very much for uh, for sharing that with us. We appreciate the the phone call. Who's got an email they'd like to read? 
I do. Nobody. Soft guard. Wait a minute. Wait. Was it a surprise that it was an, e- an email show we were doing today? <laughs> surprise. Go ahead, Julie. My email is from Emma. She's from Kingston, London, UK. Uh, hi, guys. This isn't a question, but more of a thank you. In August this year, my cousin was killed while he was serving in Iraq. He was 22 years old. He was a fantastic, kind, and brilliant man. His death hit my family very hard. I go to university, and I live away from the rest of my family, so I can't be with them as much as I would like to be. Now more than ever. Your podcast has become something of a refuge to me. Every Tuesday evening, I listen with a smile for a little while. I forget about all the awful tragedy that my family has experienced i'll never forget my cousin or the sacrifice that he has made but when i listen to the banter that you guys have i find myself laughing along and i feel a feeling i don't feel very often at the moment happiness so i just want to say thank you thank you very much and please keep continuing what you do emma stokes wow very nice, nice. i just thought it was nice that we can bring some joy to someone else yeah and she needs to know that she's not the only person that has lost someone or you know even in the war or however. And, and also to, to say that, uh, you know, whether you're serving from uh, in the armed services in, in Great Britain or you're serving right. in the armed services here in the United States, it's a tremendous sacrifice you're it making is. for all of us, not just the people on the front lines, but also the families it, that are waiting for them back home that have really to go through me. things like this. So I have relatives that are in the armed forces. They're Marines and in the Army. And three of them are going over in the next couple of months. So... I have the same sort of feeling that I'm sure she had when he left. But yeah. 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 Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us, Emma. Really, awesome. really appreciate it. And we wish your family all the best. Definitely. Bob, you have one? Yeah, Pete. I have one from Tom Whitley. And he has a question. He, he starts out by saying hello to all everybody. And he hopes all our holidays went well. Uh, on a previous podcast, uh, we wondered what people are doing when they listen to you. Well, He's an architect, and he listens while putting plans for buildings together. That's scary, you know. Yeah, really. <laughs> Make him laugh, and he changes the plan and forgets one floor on the building or something. It's like, what? What happened to the twelfth floor? Anyway, uh, I have some questions for wise old sage Bob. <laughs> I am bringing my wife, daughter, my mother-in-law, and father-in-law for their first vacation uh, they've ever had. My questions are mostly concerning my mother-in-law. She has uh, COPD and needs oxygen as well as something like the infamous cot cam. As far as the cot, we, we have found a few rental places in the Orlando area. Are there any you can tell me to avoid? More importantly, she, she is on oxygen. Where can I get her uh, oxygen bottles refilled? I hope you can supply me with the information. Uh, and then it says something about Corey. I, I ran across uh, your paintings on the Diz site. They are very good, and you have a talent. Don't ever let it fade. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's very nice. So um, I, I did some research, and I can't tell you who to avoid. I do know that I've, I've, uh, there's a, one out there for the the wheelchairs and things. It's Walker Medical and Mobility. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah, and they deliver to the different hotels, and they have a very good working relationship with Disney where they drop the the cots off, and they average between $30 and $39 a day, depending on which one uh, that you rent. And uh, uh, the 800 number is 1-888-SCOOTER. So that's for that. And then 
the best I came up with was uh, care medical equipment for your oxygen needs, and that's one eight hundred seven four one two two eight two or www dot caremedicalequipment dot com. So uh, I think those two will help you out. Uh, I just I don't know which ones to avoid because I've always recommended Walker and uh, to people. So uh, now the good thing about Walker is that you get to keep the you know your cart with you the entire yes. time. You don't have to return it at the end of the day, so you can bring it to the resort with you. Right, and I think Disney is just about the same thirty dollars a day, but you don't get to take it back to the right. hotel or anything. It. So uh, that's a it's a good thing, and, and they have it waiting for you when you when you get there at the hotel. They you just talk to uh, Bell Services, and they give you the key or whatever. So that's a pretty good deal. And uh, thanks. That's it. Okay. Thank you, Bob. All right, our next email is from Erica, and she has questions on the new SeaWorld water park, Aquatica, that's scheduled to open next, er, in March. So here's Erica. Hi, podcast team. Um, greetings from Maine. It's a balmy two degrees outside right now, so Florida sounds really good. Um, I love the show. It makes my week. Um, there's been actually so many times when I thought about writing or calling into the show but I never seemed to manage to get around to it. Last week when Pete said that he was bound and determined to give uh, the prize away of, of a dining review with Kevin, I said, well, that is the prize I want. So it finally motivated me to uh, call into the show. I have a video iPod. We're DVC members, so accommodations at the Swan Dolphin um, wouldn't help me that much. So the, uh, the, the dining review with Kevin would be a great prize. So finally I'm calling in. Um, my question is actually a follow-up on a story that you guys did in early 2007, um, if I recall correctly, you, me you mentioned that the new Aquatica theme park was scheduled to open in either February or March of this year, and now that's right around the corner. So um, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who already have trips planned for the spring and summer, so I'm wondering if you have any other information about this new cool-sounding park, because it really does sound like it's something different and incredible. Um, is it still on schedule? Have they announced an opening date? Is there any information about ticket pricing? So any information you have about Aquatica would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, and have a happy new year. Pete, I have information. Uh, it's getting close for for the opening of this park, and it still looks like it's on schedule for, for March sometime. Yeah, for um, everything we're hearing, yeah. And uh, they're kind of getting things into the newspapers more and more. Well, yeah, you can't you can't uh, get away from the commercials. The commercials are yep. on yep. constantly right and now. And they're they're starting to advertise on uh, in the newspapers too. I have some ticket prices to give you an idea of what a ticket price is going to be. I'm sure they're going to have a uh, a discount, but right now it's uh, Aquatica SeaWorld two day combo is. Retail price is eighty nine ninety five. That's a two day combo. So for two days, both parks. It, um, yeah, it's slash Aquatica slash SeaWorld. So I'm assuming yeah, it's not bad. So for two days. No, that's not a bad price, and for, that's for adults. And then seventy nine ninety five for children three to nine. Uh, I'm I'm looking into trying to get more information on discounts or deals or something uh, for so the future. All, so you think they're only going to offer a, a, 
a two-day, two-part ticket. They're not just going to offer a one-day ticket into Aquatica. They're going to have to. They're, they're going to have to. They're going to have to. But that. they just haven't released it yet. This, I, this is all I've been able to come yeah, up with. Information so far. is still right until they until they actually uh, yeah. open. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of information they're just not going to release. I mean, I, I just had contact with the people, uh, the the press people, to keep me up, keep us up to date on when they're going to do the press event and stuff like that. So, yeah, we're going to make sure we're on top of it as it opens. So I, I just got a letter back from them this this past week. and uh, I see video I see video of Bob in a bathing suit. Okay. <laughs> my Speedo. I can take my Speedo out. Oh, okay. Thank God, because I'm not volunteering. I, I, I'm out of your bike w- Will, Will is gonna, Will, Will's going to have to do the filming on that <laughs> one. <laughs> if you don't Low show up to the podcast. <laughs> Low man on the totem pole. I'm taking my Speedo on the cruise, time. too. <laughs> He's the one that can go blind with the least uh, amount of impact. Yeah. <laughs> I have a really great Speedo. Sure you do. Swimsuit. I'm looking forward to Aquatica and some of the attractions. I understand they're going to have a leaky river. Stop now! Yeah. It. Oh man! They have Salty's oh, bar. It's too soon. <laughs> it's too soon. Come on, give them all. You've been practicing all week. You can have a swim with a local in their backyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the folks that live around Aquatica aren't real happy with it. My yeah. water tastes like tourists. <laughs> <laughs> they pretty much build yeah. slides in their backyard. I have to tell you, this is going to be a, a big thing in in the Orlando area. This is huge. And this is a huge opening. People, uh, it's going to affect the the coast, uh, Cocoa Beach, and all mm-hmm. the beaches along the shores. It so is now there's going to be a because in Orlando. you don't have to. Number one, my number one thing is you don't have to go fighting sharks. Or shock attack, worry, shock. Yes, I, I, I I'm, like I'm constantly either. concerned about shocks. But you know, or the undertoes that uh, <laughs> the undertoes. <laughs> the undertoes. There are several of them apparently. Are there ten undertoes? Ten undertoes. You know, like Under fingers too. Like rip currents. Why is this different than Blizzard Beach? Or it, Typhoon it, Lagoon. Because there's real wet and wild. animals. It's, yeah, but there's, real, there's, there's no undertoad there either. This will put a hurting on Wet and Wild, I think, more than Disney. It's going yeah. to give Disney a run for their money, but I think Wet and Wild is going to suffer. What I'm hoping, you, know what I'm, you know what I'm hoping, though? is I'm, I'm hoping that it eases up some of the crowds at Blizzard Beach during the summer. Yes, that'd be Because nice. that is simply Yeah, they close absurd. the capacity at like 10 o'clock. It's in absurd. The yeah. Because so, there really are, I'm sorry, Bob, but there, okay. there really aren't any other options for mm-hmm. them. And right now, you've got Blizzard Beach, Typhoon Lagoon, and Wet and Wild. Pete, the other thing, uh, Kevin, you mentioned what's the difference? They're going to have the the uh, the dolphins. Commerce and dolphins. I understand that, dolphins. but I don't but, understand how it's going to hurt the beach with no undertow. You can. It, it gives you a beach setting. That you can go sit by the beach and, and without, going, having, to yeah, this without done, having to right, deal this with is the, uh, unlike what uh, unlike the sand, sandy areas you have at like Blizzard Beach or, or Typhoon. This is actually being set up as a real beach, yeah, um, with the wave pool and everything. So it's they're really going to replicate. They're trying to replicate the beach experience and also taking some of the complaints that Disney gets from like uh, you can never find a uh, you can never find a chaise a, lounge. A chaise lounge. Uh, they are saying one of the things they made a big deal about at their announcement last year was that there will be enough lounges for every person in the park. No one's going to have to worry about not getting a place to sit. Hmm. Um, so they're trying to they're they're looking at it from a it sounds like they're they're paying attention to a detail perspective. They're trying to bring their best stuff from SeaWorld to introduce into it so that it uniquely marks the product as theirs. And they're trying to create attractions that will get the kind of Excitement factor and buzz, because that's exactly what they're going to need in order to draw the crowds away from Disney and away from the beaches, 
and bring them in there. So I do like that they're um, they have, they're going to have two wave pools side by side. One's going to be like a, a bobbing wave pool. Right. And the other one's going to be just you know a standard uh, type of wave pool. I mean, you can let the kids go into the water and not worry about them getting uh, into a riptide, and that that's those things scare me. I, I have a, I have a hard time believing though that someone is going to make the choice between the beach and aquatica they're two completely different experiences and if someone wants to go to the beach they're going to go to the beach i don't think aquatica is going to be the replacement for let me go to coco or i mean it just doesn't sound well and i'm not even sure that that's uh, that's part of their marketing strategy oh. i know it's definitely part of the marketing strategy to draw people away from blizzard beach typhoon yeah. and, and wet and wild yeah. so but uh the the uh puts up puts on a great a great show they do they do great theme parks they're well done they're well managed um, their food is always the food in their theme parks is fantastic. Yeah. I don't know what it is, what I'm they really do. Excited. So I yeah, I'm very excited. I this is a big wait. deal. This is a big opening. Yep, it's close to us. And mm-hmm. if Bob wears a speedo, it might be another big opening. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, I it's on the wait. list for us this summer. I'm going in my I'm speedo. Taking Taylor, she's going. I'm going too, whether she wants to or not. <laughs> I paid a lot for this vacation. You're going to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Erica, thank you for uh, calling in. I hope that answers your question. But we are going to have more information on Aquatica over the next couple of months as it's released. I promise that we will have uh, a lot of special coverage uh, regarding the opening of Aquatica. And we'll make sure you have all the information you could possibly want. And then some. So who's got an email? I have one from um, Heather Ford in Westwood, Massachusetts. Hey, podcast team. I was wondering why you, at least Pete appears to, prefer a town car to a taxi. If I won't be making a grocery stop, I'm a snob. <laughs> if I won't be making a grocery stop, is it worth it to pay the premium for a town car? Thanks. Yes. Uh, I really don't see a town car as a premium price. I mean, a one-way trip in a taxi. Well, it is when you're comparing it to Free Magical Express. Mm-hmm. Well, she's not comparing it to Magical Express. She she's comparing it to a taxi. Oh, a one-way taxi can run you anywhere from forty-five to fifty-five dollars, yeah. depending on. Which is, pretty much what is. which is pretty much what you're going to pay for a Lincoln. Right. But the taxi, they make you pay the tolls and stuff, too, on the yes. taxis. Yeah, they, they add that in. And plus, right. you, you never know what company you're getting at, at, the, well, chan- at the airport. Well, chances the air- are you're getting gonna, mirrors. It's getting mirrors, and you do not want to get into I'm telling you from personal experience, you do not want to get into a mirrors taxi. It is the last place any self-respecting human being would want to put themselves, especially if you have children with you. I wouldn't put... I wouldn't put an enemy in one of those cars. That's how filthy and disgusting they were, not to mention the, 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 the insane psychotic driver who was rolling down his window, flipping people off as we were driving, curse, screaming at the top of his lungs, cursing out the window. Okay? That's, their, that's, that's Mir's definition of a professional cab driver. So, no, that was one experience. I, that's why you'll hear me say it over and over again. Where Mears is concerned, I, I would not recommend anyone get into one of their cabs. Yeah. Grocery stop or no grocery stop, I would take a town car, for sure. Yeah, but the price is going to be about the same, yeah. Yeah, it really is. So. So. Oh, wait. She also sent in another email. It was basically a suggestion. She was listening to our January 8th podcast when we were talking about, you know, making drinks to bring in the park. Mojitos. <laughs> Me and Mojitos. <laughs> She said she ordered water from staples.com and had it delivered to her resort, and the, the bellman actually delivered it. So That's cool. Mm. That's a good suggestion. Yeah. It's a very good suggestion. So, two in one, Heather. Thanks. Post-its and water delivered to her home. <laughs> Post-its and water. Can't live without either of those. Really? 
and then you get to push the button. That was easy. I'm not kidding. I get on to Corey when I find my post-its on his desk. <laughs> what are you doing with these? Oh, you so put them on my desk. She's very protective <laughs> of her post-its. <laughs> wow. All right, John, you have one? I have one. Kevin actually answered this person directly in email, but I wanted to read it anyway and make sure we, we covered it. It's from Paul in Forty Fort, Pennsylvania, and I know we've heard from Paul before. But he said, just listen to the Diz 101 traveling tips on DCL, Disney Cruise Line. I'm booked through Dreams Unlimited Travel and was wondering if my cruise papers will be sent directly to me or to my travel agency and then to me. My concern is getting my flight number to my TA to arrange for Disney Ground Transport. Um, I think this is timely considering we're talking about the Diz Unplugged podcast cruise and we have a lot of folks who have already booked on that. Yes, you're, you're... Travel documents from Disney Cruise Line will come directly from Disney Cruise Line. They don't go to us and then we ship them back out. So there's no delay in you actually getting your papers. As soon as you know about what your flight information is, you should get it to us and make sure that we have it. And we'll note that with Disney right away. So as soon as you know what your flight info is, don't hesitate. Write to us. Let us know what's going on. And we'll make sure that that all gets noted on your account. But there's no reason to worry about your your documents they will come right from disney cruise line speaking of the podcast cruise uh during the time that we've been recording this no uh, no new cruises have come in so people you need to get on the ball <laughs> start booking your cruises sorry and pete we just got a whole bunch of extra group space on that sailing um so for those of you who are putting in pricing you're really going to get a good deal on that please make sure you get it in quick and you pay your deposit because we don't want to see you have to pay more if you delay right as as a as the ship gets uh, more and more full, the price of those cruises is going to go up. Um, we, you know, we we lock it in when we get the group space, but as we have to get new group space, it's at whatever tier happens to be in in play at that time. So, and you'll get to see Bob in his speedo at the adult pool doing belly. I may flops. do the. I may. I was thinking about that. I may do the belly flop gonna, in my speedo. I, I, I think. I think one of our events should be Bob doing a whole Esther Williams thing in the adult pool. <gasps> I love those movies. Oh. You do know we want people to go on the group. <laughs> we could Try do one of those people. inside. Can we have our own pool contest? <laughs> okay. Just uh, th- there's a thread on the, the Diz board, on the Diz Unplugged boards, uh, about all the people who are going. And Tracy er, is doing a fabulous job of keeping that updated. She's got a list going of who's going and how many kids there are and their ages and stuff like that. So it's stickied right at the top. Well, this mm-hmm. is a great segue into our, our next voicemail. We have a question from Kim about the uh, podcast cruise. So here's Kim. Hello, everybody on the Pod Squad team. This is Kim Barron from Pittsburgh, Kyurgen on the boards. And first of all, I wanted to thank you for organizing the podcast cruise. And I want to commend Tracy. She is wonderful. I was asking her questions last night, Sunday evening, and she was responding right away taking care of adding another person to my reservation and everything. Everybody who I've ever dealt with at Dreams Unlimited has been wonderful. Now, Kevin will remember me. I am the chronic overachieving planner, or as a goofy mom on the board says, I have OCDPD, obsessive-compulsive Disney planning disorder. (laughs) Um, but what I was wondering is if at one point you could um, go over some details on the cruise, on the podcast, such as different excursions, when we can book certain things. Um, I think that would be great for everybody. 
And I just want to thank you all for the wonderful job that you do with the podcast. Everybody have a great day, and I'll be listening to you tomorrow. Bye. Kim has taken some gentle ribbing from me on the boards. I asked her if she did realize that this was 2009. (laughs) She's been doing some serious planning. Well, she wanted to know about a a pre- or a post-cruise stay already. And could she leave her luggage there and things like that? I I can't say too much on that other than that we are actively working on something uh, regarding a pre- and post-cruise hotel stay. Uh, We're we're working with some of our hotel partners to come up with something something good. I think it's fair to say there's a lot of cool stuff in the works. Just give us some time. People have no idea. Just give us some time. I think what we have to realize is that Disney has cruises all the way up until the very date of ours. So the people who are cruising in May of this year, they've kind of got their priority set on those. You can see the excursions that are available for this year's cruise. By looking at the Dreams Unlimited Travel web- website, you'll be able to see what's available on a four-day cruise. I don't imagine they're going to change that drastically between 2008 and 2009, but we do have to keep in mind that they could change. Nothing can be booked uh, for your 2009 cruise until a couple of months out. There's a, a schedule. If you are in a suite, category one, two, or three, you can book your excursions. Palo reservations, kids club activities, spa appointments at 105 days prior to departure. If you are a returning cruiser, meaning you're a castaway club member, which means you've been on another Disney cruise, you can book all of those things at 90 days prior to departure. If this is your first Disney cruise and you are not in a suite, you have to wait until 75 days prior to departure. And you have to be paid in full at that time. Correct. So you have to have your balance paid and... Be ready to go at that time and then you can make your excursions. I know it's really, really, really hard to wait. You can plan in your own head. You can make spreadsheets. However, Disney's not going to be able to help you until a couple of months actually prior to your departure date. I know that's hard for some people to do. Kim. <laughs> but we're here for you, Well, Kim, Kim, Kim uh, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm actively planning all sorts of stuff for... Uh, not just for what we're actually going to do on the cruise, but things we're going to do between now and then to make it fun and make the whole planning process fun. Believe me when I tell you, um, we're going to have a really, really good time planning this all together. And uh, we're going to have, I'm not going to say anything yet because we're still working on some stuff. I just want to add one more thing about cruises. You're not going to get anything from Disney until about 10 to 14 days prior to departure. You'll be able to go on DisneyCruise.com and look at your reservation. You'll have to register and log in on each subsequent visit, and you can see your reservation on the client services page at Dreams Unlimited Travel. However, you're not going to receive any kind of printed literature or anything from Disney until you get your cruise documents, and they don't come until 10 to 14 days prior to to your actually leaving. I realize it's a long time to wait, but that's about all you're going to get. So... And again, those cruise documents will come directly to you. Great. Well, thank you for the question, Kim. Thank you, Kevin. And who has uh, an email they'd like to read? I do. Uh, Mine is from Jackie Gregg. uh, Sorry, Jackie doesn't tell us where. And you know something? I don't know if Jackie is a man or a woman, and I apologize for that. I'm assuming it's a woman. Uh, And that's going to definitely be a man. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, Jackie tells me their screen name is Chicky. So, again, I don't know. I apologize, Jackie, for not knowing this. 
Hi, guys. Although we love to eat at all the Disney restaurants, we sometimes like to venture off property to explore the surrounding areas. We absolutely love Bahama Breeze, but I was wondering if you know of a fancy or special occasion type restaurant in the area. We may be down there again for our anniversary in November, and it would be nice to try something new. Thanks, Jackie. And I apologize. I said Jackie Greg, and it's Jackie Gag. G. Just Jackie. <laughs> just, Jack, just Jackie. Just Jackie. There go the jazz That's hands. Jackie. Jazz hands were up. All just right. Jackie. Uh, about 10 minutes from Disney property, if you travel, if you come out of Hotel Plaza Boulevard and take a left on Apopka Vineland Road, you can go about five miles. I'm guessing I'm not really that good with direct or with distances, but you're looking for Sand Lake Road. And Sand Lake Road here in Orlando, Sand Lake Road between Apopka Vineland Road and International Drive is known as Restaurant Row. There are at least a dozen restaurants. There's a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. There's a restaurant called Timpano, which yeah. is a chop house. It's kind of got a rat pack feel to it. Better for lunch than dinner. Uh, there's what a, does that mean? Like Sammy Davis Jr. serves you a meal? No, it's, it's all rat pack music. It's got a very kind of 50s. Um, dark wood. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, clubby it's a cool atmosphere to like it. it. I would and love that. All it's a of great the music place for is, lunch. It really is. We enjoy right. it. All of the music is Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. See, and that. Dean Martin. Uh, at night, it gets very, very crowded, and the music is played at such a, a deafening level that conversation is almost impossible unless you're sitting directly next to someone. They actually have a really nice deck that um, we've never eaten on the deck before, but we sat right by the window. And I thought that that was really nice. They sort of have those plastic things that close you in so you're not And they have heaters out there, so it's an all-season thing. It's right on the lake. There's a very popular restaurant here in Orlando. It's um, kind of a prototype. It started here. It's by the people who brought you Red Lobster. and Don't let that scare you. (laughs) This is all natural and market ingredients, and everything is health conscious. The name of the restaurant is Seasons 52. I'm not going to do a good review, but we've eaten there a couple times, and it's really been hit or miss, depending on what you ordered. Really? Um, It's either been very, very good, or it's been really mediocre. Mm. There's a Roy's Hawaiian. Roy's is a chain, and they serve um, Hawaiian. Hawaiian food. There's a uh, couple of seafood places. There's Moonfish. There's a sushi place. I know there's a Lebanese restaurant. There's an Italian restaurant type restaurant. No, there's Moonfish and Bonefish. Yeah, there's, there's, there's moon a fish, but Bonefish is further down on Sand Lake, actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fish More towards there. Universal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is uh, an Alfredo, not Alfredo's. Um, there's an Italian restaurant. I apologize. Something restaurant. We just. Eight in the one in celebration. It's part of the same Antonio's, Antonio's restaurant. There's an Italian restaurant there. So there, there's a, an amazing amount of restaurants. There's a melting pot fondue restaurant there. So there's a bunch of places to choose from. And uh, there's a, the Samba Room, which is all Latin food. So, again, we're talking 10 minutes away. I have trouble keeping the car on the road as I'm driving down that stretch. <laughs> and it's like, oh, look at that restaurant. Look at this there's restaurant. A, it's that, like, that entire area is really it's nice. Like, and if you're willing to venture just a little bit further up Dr. Phillips Boulevard, there's a restaurant that several of the podcast crew frequents pretty regularly called the Stonewood Tavern. The Stonewood Tavern and Grill is... It's a restaurant. Well, it does have a bar <laughs> attached to it. I mean, it's the name always makes it sound like it's a bar that serves yeah. food. It's not. It's a restaurant with a bar attached to it. And they have everything from 
chicken pot pie to really elegant dinners. And you can get everything from a $10 entree to a $40 entree. And that place gets very, very crowded. We like that. We now like it's going to sto- get even more crowded. Yeah. <laughs> we like the Stonewood Tavern and Grill. It's on Dr. Phillips Boulevard if you're looking for it and yeah. looking to find a phone number. But So there's a lot of great places that are not that far. As long as you stay away from Highway 192 and uh, a Popka Vine or State Road 535, you're going to find chain restaurants that are appealing to a family crowd. If you're looking for something a little finer, venture out a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you very much for that, Kevin. All right, our next voicemail is from Tracy, who is planning a big family uh, family gathering at Disney World in a few weeks, and she needs some help uh, planning a surprise. So here is Tracy. Hello, podcast team. I have to tell you that for Christmas, I got an iPod that I was absolutely convinced I didn't want. I was actually really mad at my husband about giving it to me, but then he told me to listen to it. He'd loaded it with your podcast, and I've scarcely turned it off since. So I apologize for the short lead time on this, but until a week and a half ago, I didn't know the podcast team even existed, although I'm a longtime disser, Minnesota chill. Three weeks ago, three weeks from today, we're hosting in a grand villa at SSR my parents and my cousin's family, which consists of her and her husband and her two children. Now, this trip was our gift to them last Christmas, so we've been planning this for a whole year. Um, since my cousin and her family have never been on a family vacation before, let alone Disney. So we have my family of five. We've been to Disney and our DVC members, my parents, and my cousin's family of four. What my cousin doesn't know is that her parents are also joining us as a surprise. Her dad and my mom are brother and sister. They're going to be staying in a one-bedroom near us, and I've linked us as a grand gathering, so hopefully we'll be close by. Now, what's kept me up late at night for the past year is how to pull off the surprise. See, my aunt and uncle, the fact that they're coming to Disney to surprise my cousin is unheard of. And they've never done anything like this before. My cousin is going to be absolutely blown away when they show up. Both sets of the grandparents are traveling together to Orlando. All parties are scheduled to meet at SSR on Sunday, January 27th. My cousin's family at 12 p.m. and the grandparents at 1 Now, what I can't figure out is how to have a big reveal. My family will be at Port Orleans a few days before we check in at SSR, so I'm hoping to get there early to get the room, uh, to get us to SSR early to try to get our room ready, um, to check into our room early. Now, I know that's unlikely, but if it's possible, I thought I could have my aunt and uncle just secretly sitting out on the balcony of the Grand Villa waiting for us and then ask my cousin, hey, you know, what do you think of the view? And she'll go out there and they'll be sitting there. Since that's probably not going to happen that way, I'm just wondering what other ideas you might have. We do have dinner reservations at 5 at Chef Mickey's, and I'd like to pull all this off beforehand, but not knowing if we could get into the room is what's making me really nervous. So I just wondered if you had any ideas, um, some places to hide. I don't want people running into each other that aren't supposed to, but since my parents and my husband are all in on the secret guests, they can be enlisted to help. I'm just not quite sure what to do. My aunt is really, really excited, so I want this to be a neat, not just a, hey, is that my mom standing over there kind of moment by my cousin. So I certainly hope you can figure out what I'm asking you here, um, and I'm not sure if you'll be able to respond in time, but I'm holding out hope. Thanks, guys, and Mrs. Martin. This is Tracy in Balmy, Minnesota. Well, Tracy, I'll tell you what. Um, as I was listening to your voicemail, what ran through my head, I think we have a few ideas around the table, but... 
my uh, my thought was to um, get a, li- a rental limo and have the uh, the parents in the limo away from where everybody else is. Just you know, send them somewhere else for lunch or something. Then call the driver when you're ready. Set it up. Get get everybody positioned where you want them, and uh, call the driver when you're ready. And then have the limo pull up somewhere unexpected, and out they pop. Or you guys get into the limo to go somewhere, and, and they're, in there. they're in the limo already. This way, you're keeping the parents separated. There's no chance of anybody running into anybody else, and you have control over where they are and when they arrive. So if you want, if you want to really go for the reveal, that's what you need. You need to be able to control where they are and how they get there. So <laughs> that would be my suggestion. Corey, you had one. Yeah, I was thinking maybe um, have them on the boat at Downtown Disney going to Saratoga Springs, and y'all are waiting to get on the boat at Saratoga Springs and then they just they show up on the boat. <laughs> I don't know if that's a big reveal or not, but either that or, or I, I mean I know if I got on the boat I'd be like, Is that my mom? Is that my dad? Oh my god, what are you guys doing yeah, here? That but I'm cool. also really easy to pull the wool over. <laughs> <laughs> I think you you should keep the people who you're trying to surprise controlled rather yeah. than the other right. people. So sort of maybe go to Olivia's for lunch, keep everybody together, then put them in the room and then when you go in the room, just have them like sitting at the table and go, people are in our room. This isn't right. I'm going to go complain. You like Olivia's. make us think about it. Olivia's is at Old Key West. Yeah, that could be trouble. That could be trouble. What's the place in Saratoga Springs that has the chips? The Turf Club. Go to yeah. the Turf Club. I was thinking of putting the parents down at like Earl of Sandwich at one of the tables and then everybody go from the, the resort to the downtown Disney Earl of Sandwich by. and just be walking by and grab Spot a sandwich. Him. There might be fainting involved. We want to keep them where it's nice and soft. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin had a good idea before. Put the parents in a locker. <laughs> and Kevin's and idea is always... a key. <laughs> Would you go get our stuff? <laughs> go get our bags. Or have, have, them bring, have the parents bring room service to the room. But uh, I did... there's no room service. At... Oh, that's true. Okay. But... I, I actually did pizza I, delivery. We actually did a surprise uh, for Di- Diana one year. No, you we, didn't. we came down and we <laughs> Bob or Speedo was a surprise. Yeah, it's, it's always a surprise, but uh, it was we we went to the Mickey's very merry Christmas party, and it was uh, for Diana's birthday present, and we flew uh, her mom down. And she didn't know about it. And uh, so we had Diana go over to the popcorn stand to get a, a box of popcorn. And her mother and um, Matt were standing there. And uh, tears started crying. Everybody started crying. It was fun. It's fun to plan. It really is. There's a hush in the room. Ooh, that sounded like I fun. wasn't sure that was the end. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I thought there was going to be more well, we surprised her. She didn't, had no idea... No, no Speedo stuff. <laughs> What's with the Speedo thing? I'm sorry. I have horrible mental images. None of us have one. None yeah, of none of us own one. You're the one who keeps talking about it. I've had it for a few years. <laughs> Bob likes to wear Speedos because they make him feel pretty. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that probably from the front, you can't tell he has it on. <laughs> oh. Oh, my. Wow. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> wow. I didn't see that one coming. Boy, oh boy, you got blindsided by Julie there. It would there. be funny. We've never, we make funny, but we've never insulted your manhood like that. I know. Ooh. That was... Oh, 
No, he was. I she wasn't going for the man. Who the fa- about the rolls of fat would be covering up the speedo. Couldn't see him. Talking about his. I totally missed. I have no belly. There now. Do you feel better? You're talking about his private parts. <laughs> Why would anybody? Why are we doing it now, <laughs> for that matter? Oh, man. I thought Tracy, you were my friend. You just never Bobby, know where. No, I love you. You I just know. never know where this show is going to go. So well, that I was hope, a surprise. I, I hope, think we should have a speedo moratorium. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that uh, that answers your question. I hope that gives you some ideas at least. But uh, absolutely, when you get back, let us know uh, how you did it. Uh, I, I I love planning surprises for people, and that's a lot of fun. So. Good luck to you on that. And who has an email they would like to read? Ms. Julie. Mine's from Dave in New Jersey. Um, Dave in New Jersey. (laughs) I can't hear myself, so I don't know. Okay. Um, His question is about Disney souvenirs. Are your homes full of Disney stuff? And more importantly, is there one Disney souvenir that you treasure more than others? For example, a hat, a shirt, a painting, or an old park map? Thanks, Dave. Um, it's not my souvenir. It's actually something that Corey has. <laughs> what? Your Donald Duck. The little one that you, I don't know how long you've had it, but our dogs have tried to destroy it, of course, several times, but I always save it and keep it in a safe spot because I'm hoping to give it to one of our kids one Is that day. why I can't find it? <laughs> <laughs> Look with his doctorate. <laughs> yes, with his doctorate. Bob? I, I can see you thinking. Well, he's yeah. trying to think of what he doesn't have. Bob's house <laughs> is house. full. Yeah. Of Disney stuff. I used to have like the monorail up over, up overhead on the ledge, and with all the different uh, buildings. I took that down though. I do have one of the original pock maps up in my office, um, which is pretty cool. And then I have some old, you know, those little uh, walking toys that if you put them on an incline, they kind of walk down the hill. Mm-hmm. I, I have a couple of those. I, I know I have a Donald Duck. Bob has an original slinky. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. Like 1926. Slinky, so the edges are like razors and rusty. Yeah, but I have a couple of those, and I have you know, a couple of old uh, original Disney plates that are from Disneyland. So those are pretty cool. I knew he would have some cool stuff. I have my Blizzard Beach lifeguard shorts still. Mm-hmm. I have my Speedo. <laughs> what was the question again? Um, Disney it's, souvenirs. Uh, favorite Souvenir. Favorite souvenirs. souvenirs. Or they want to know if our homes are full of Disney stuff. Pete, you our used to have a lot of snow globes you, in your house. I did. I, when I, I first I've, visited your house, there was a lot of stuff. Yeah, I've, I've pared it down. Well, I mean, I still have a lot of it. A lot of it's just in storage. Well, that was when Walter and I moved in together. He was like, okay, I'll allow a certain amount of this stuff, but <laughs> I am not going to live in Disney house. <laughs> so I had to really scale back on, on, on how much stuff I had. Because, yeah, when I was living down in Hunters Creek, yeah. it was... The house I, mean, was I used to just much walk a, around. If Corey would bring me to work with him, I would just walk around and look at all the stuff. I'm like, wow, he has that. My, <laughs> we don't I, have I, honestly. If you if you want to know my my most prized souvenir was a, a gift that my friend Kevin had given to me many years ago. He used to work for Elton John, and uh, he got a copy. He had uh, Elton John and Tim Rice uh, on the plane at the same time. He got a copy of the Lion King CD. And he had he had them both autograph it to me, and when Elton handed it back to him, because Tim had signed it, and then he gave it to Elton, Elton signed it, and he Elton handed it back to him, and he said, "Hold on to this, because if there are ten of these in existence, it's a lot. Hmm. Um, they're just never together. They're just never together. So it's a really unique thing, and you know I had it like framed and mounted, mm-hmm. and it hangs in my office, you know, all protected and whatnot. So if I had 
one piece that is really unique that I don't think anybody else listening or on the site has. That's it. And uh, I was waiting for Elton to die, and then it goes up on eBay. <laughs> Sold. We, have, we don't have a lot of stuff in our house. We don't, and there's, believe us, we don't. We really don't. Um, I have some photo albums. I've told you all before that we came in 1971, and we have pictures where it looks like we're the only people in the park, which is kind of cool, and the that trees cool. are all really small. I think my prized possession is something I put together myself. Um, I was a pin collector and a pin trader for a while. Fusilli Kevin. I'm sorry? Never watched Seinfeld. Pusilli Jerry. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that episode last night. I'm sorry. I, don't, I, don't I never did. Um, I was a pin trader and a pin collector for a while, and I put together Disney World used to have a logo that was what I refer to as the old square D with the mouse ears in the middle, the, the world icon. Mm-hmm. And I have collected a bunch of that stuff. I have the host, hostess tour guide um, pin, and it took me several years to get, but I have an original ambassador pin. I found a guest services vest on eBay. The old one with the Mick magic. And when he's by himself, he puts all this stuff on <laughs> and then walks around the house pretending he's a, he's a Disneyland hostess from 1960. Oh, now when he's by himself. <laughs> he gets out the riding crop. Welcome to the Magic Kingdom, John. I have my riding, my riding outfit. It's all framed. But I have a whole bunch of that old stuff framed. And it took me several years to put together. And uh, it's, I think it's probably one of a kind. I don't know yeah. if anybody else has one, but that's but took me the longest to put together. You have some of those monorail pins too, don't you? Mm-hmm. I have a set of monorail pins oh, that have the. It's a framed set, and each of the pins has every color of the monorail. We also um, have the monorail pilot. I do. I have pilot wings that I sort of scrounged for a real set of monorail wings. So wow. I have some. I like the older stuff better. Right. Um, I also have a host, hostess, and tour guide pin from Disneyland, which I guess is pretty well unheard of they're not a lot they're considered a costume piece and i've purchased them off ebay and stuff like that so i have some old stuff we also have a set of um glasses from when the polynesian was called disney's polynesian um village resort village resort that i paid an enormous amount of money for on ebay and when i went to pay the man and figure out how to ship them he lives two blocks away (laughs) (laughs) so we have stuff like that but it's kind of packed away and framed and there's not a lot sitting around cool Corey. i thought yours would have been one of your pieces that you bought recently it was oh. you jumped in and said the donald duck no, that was for me yeah that's gonna make those people with fire that's gonna make those people who think you're too loud that's gonna make their ears bleed oh yeah it makes me want to scream into the microphone no but you're right that, that is my piece my yeah. my destino piece is mine See, I just I stole your souvenir and said it was mine. No, yeah. <laughs> that was my Donald, wasn't it? <laughs> no, if you walked in our house, you, you would never be able to tell that we're Disney fans, really. I don't think you could, there's anything that jumps out and says Disney. You'd walk into my up to my office, and it's like I have the different thing. I have uh, drawings that were done over at Disney Institute by one of the artists. I have those hanging up, and I have the old Epcot sign. So going up to my office, you pretty much know that you're on your way up to an adventure. Every time people talk about the Disney Institute, I picture fans in straight jackets and rubber rooms. You put <laughs> that you in the was, Disney Institute. <laughs> that, was, that was a great place. I mean, yeah, that's why it was. Going. It was, though. It was cool. It was. It was just too expensive for the people to do the programs, and they wanted to be in the parks. It was a bad. I hope that gives you a look into our 
Disney yeah. memorabilia, Dave. Yeah. I think my email is a good segue from that one. Okay. From Carla Bryant. She's from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Just wondering if any of you are Walt Disney World fans versus Disney oh, fans yeah, this is a good in general. Question. My husband and I have never been especially captivated by Disney movies, well aside from the classics and a handful of newer ones, but are devoted to Walt Disney World as a vacation destination that gives you an experience that you can't find anywhere else. I just wonder if we're by far the exception to the rule, if there are others who also make that distinction. Thank you very much. I've First, I'm, I'm a Walt Disney World fan, and I think... You know, just coming here as a child and that that kind of grew into enjoying Disney movies. I think Julie. I was a Disney fan. You were a Disney fan. Yes. She knows the movies. I know the parks. And now. It's well, kind I'd of... only been taken one time in my whole life until mm-hmm. I met you when I was 20. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm absolutely a Walt Disney World fan. I don't consider myself a Disney fan in the true sense of the word. I mean, I've enjoyed some of the movies, you know, primarily the ones from the early to mid 90s uh but in in terms of other things that go on in the disney company i pay attention to it but only because of what we do here um if it wasn't for this i wouldn't give that the time of day i'm much more interested in the theme parks the cruise line those are the things that i'm i'm passionate about those are the things that just get me get me riled up so i would definitely consider myself a world a world land cruise line fan you see i can even narrow it down even further i'm a disney world fan and that's what caused the Disney fixation. But I'm not even that big a Disneyland fan. To me, it's all here in Florida. But mm. it's, you know, what yeah, I grew up with. Exactly. Exactly. John, how about you? I think I would consider myself an overall fan. I, what I like about Disney is I like when they do something right and they get it right. So if there's a movie that they get right or there's an attraction that they get right, it doesn't matter where it is or where it falls in the scheme of things. They just had the, the latest movie, Enchanted. I thought was brilliant. That was that was. Julie saw it twice already. Sorry, I want to see it again. (laughs) It's a great example of when Disney does something. Yeah, really. When Disney does something right, they do it terrific. But then again, there was Ratatouille that I didn't like, so I don't consider myself a fan of all their movies. And see, I loved Ratatouille, but I'm also a fan of every movie. Like I love Snow White. I love every old movie there is. I mean, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Yeah, she's a she's a Disney movie fan. Pete's Dragon. (laughs) See, I like all of those too, but I would have walked out of Ratatouille if John hadn't enforced the fact that we had to stay. (laughs) You're more of a what I would call a Disney history fan. Yeah, he's he's a great history buff. We just got a, a DVD that he was fascinated with, which was Disneyland history. Oh yeah, ma- um, mysteries and stories and things like that. And yeah. the, fir- the the main part of that is really interesting for about forty minutes, where they talk to the people who worked with Walt, and then it becomes a commercial. It's one giant commercial. It's no. awful. It's a it's an hour and a half special, and the first forty minutes of it are fascinating. They talk to Marty Sklar, and they talk to John Hench, and they talk to. There's old footage of Mark Davis and um, Rol- uh, uh, oh, shoot, his name is Raleigh Crump. All these old, these great, the nine old men, the Imagineers, and then it becomes all about what we're doing in the parks today and how you can get this ticket and that ticket, and it becomes a commercial for Disney World and Disneyland. Mm. It's really distressing. There is, however, in the extra added footage, there is an awesome one-hour special that was originally aired in 1965, I believe, and it's about the World's Fair, Walt Disney and his... um, inclusion in the world's fair so that's really really cool cool how about you bob i'm a walt disney world disneyland fan you know i go back to seeing the uh tv shows that 
they used to put on uh, the wonderful world of Disney and all that stuff. I'm not a, as much a movie fan. I, I haven't seen many of the mo- newer movies, but I'm more of you know what's what it's going on in the parks and the 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 intricate things of, about the park. You know, uh, I just started doing something in, in MG or Disney Hollywood Studios and looking at the the little things. So I'm going to be expanding on that in future shows. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks for the question. All right. And our final voicemail for this show, we have Lori, who wants to tell us about uh, the pickle tradition that I find fraudulent. <laughs> so here's Lori. Um, hello, Pete. This is Lori Fernandes. Um, I was just listening to the podcast of today, uh, 115.08, and... Um, you mentioned about the pickle ornament from Germany uh, being a fraud. I uh, just wanted to let you guys know that um, my niece is very into Christmas, and um, she actually has two pickle ornaments that she puts on her tree every year. And this year uh, was the first year that my son got to participate in finding the pickle in the tree. And uh, it was really cute. Um, my son is three years old. And he had a great time looking for the pickle in the tree. And he actually found it. And my niece gave him a Christmas present for finding the pickle in the, in the Christmas tree. Um, like I said, she had two of them, and he found both of them. So she, he actually got two presents before Christmas. Um, so it's, it's a cute idea, and it's especially fun for kids. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that it's not a fraud. Um, Maybe some people are not doing it, but um, I, I think it's a, a tradition that's gone from, you know, from the past, and it's it's starting to come back. Um, but it is a tradition that's still happening. So I just wanted to let you guys know. Uh, I really enjoy listening to the podcast, and um, um, thank you very much for doing this. And um, hope to. Uh, Maybe sometime meet you guys. Uh, we tried getting to the uh, uh, the podcast event that you had in December, but we couldn't make it. And um, maybe I'll try to convince husband to uh, let us go on the podcast cruise. But we are going on a cruise in 25 days, so I don't think we're going to be going on another cruise uh, for a couple of years at least. So uh, thanks again. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Well, first, Lori, thank you very much for, for calling in. And um, I, d- I don't mean to suggest that uh, no one does it, um, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that your, you know, your family does it and, you know, it's a great tradition. Uh, my point was that the whole story that they tell in the store, the Christmas store in Germany about the pickle, nobody can seem to validate the accuracy of that story. And if you go do a search on the Internet, you'll find a number of uh, discussions out there about about this and about how nobody in Germany has ever heard of this tradition that no one has ever known anyone from Germany um, either now or in the past there's no record of this tradition it just seems to have uh, it's like a tall tale been like made up Paul Bunyan been made up to well, sell pickle ornaments because or, somebody or, probably ordered a whole bunch of pickle ornaments one year and they didn't know how to get rid of them and the guy and said, they made up a story I blame Christopher Radko 
<laughs> or it's one of those things that just you know morphed into really an American tradition that might have had its roots somewhere else. And we make ourselves feel better about the tradition by saying it's an old German. Exactly. Yeah, the Italians started the, the rumor and it got back into Germany. I can just imagine her three-year-old son, though, you know, peeking in the tree looking for. No, it's a cute. Sure it's it a cute a idea. When I first read the story, I'm like, oh, that's really cute. But then when you find out that the story isn't real, I, I mean, not that not that the tradition isn't cute. Whether it's, it was a made made up one or a real one, it's <laughs> a cute thing. It well, yeah, I almost bought George. all of you pickles whenever I went to the Christmas store, but they were a little pricey, so you didn't get them. I almost and, bought the pickles too, but well, they were and, pricey. And, and, and in reality, folks, this is I'm being very tongue in cheek about the whole pickle thing. I don't want anybody to think I'm actually upset <laughs> about the pickle uh, the, uh, no, pickle pickles. gate. Pickle gate. <laughs> there's, you know, there's no pickle gate here, but uh, I, um, you know, it's just that's just my sense of humor. So. Um, but I'm glad uh, I'm glad your 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 son uh, enjoyed it. That sounds very cute. There's a photo of the German pickle tree in the in Julie's store tour photo gallery, yeah. and also there's a f- photo of the story, the so tree of if, lies. If anybody wants to see it, go check <laughs> it out. <laughs> the tree of lies. <laughs> you have the tree of life in Epcot. You have the tree of lies in Germany. <laughs> National shame. <laughs> All right. On that note, folks, we are going to end this show and. We will be back with you again next Tuesday with our next episode of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next week.